Money talks, save your breath, save your peace of mind Deposit plus signs, they not unwind Words to the wise, don't gotta be suits and ties We're living in the time where every move is scrutinized At the elbow, I hit them with the bank shot I just wanna check my bank account and thank God Hey yo, I think we got the same thought We gon' get it all together for the raindrop yeah. Help me help you Sometimes you don't gotta go far to discover the truth Easy to get confused when all the faces are blue Pull up a chair, if it help I tell you what I would do Keep that thought process prudent And yo, staying in the moment while we living for the future Yeah, this is track meet for a frugal athlete Nothing more, nothing less, I need exactly Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. I'm your host, Amobi Kugo. In this episode, we got Layden Williams. Layden Williams is the author of Beyond the Game, a former collegiate basketball player who works in the financial services. He's looking to transition to the sports business world, and we got to talk to him about making his book, the journey from college to finding out what he wanted to do, and advice that he has for current or former student athletes and professional athletes as they look beyond the game. So with that being said, make sure you check out the episode. Hey, what's up, Layden? Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Thanks uh, for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to utilize this platform to kind of talk about what it is that I have going on right now. So I'm looking forward to this. Nah, I mean, let's jump right into it. Well, what do you got going on? I, I really like how you said utilizing platforms. I feel like you're a perfect example of an athlete that's done that. So tell us, tell us your story. Okay, cool. So uh, I'm originally from a small town in uh, Roanoke, Virginia. Um, I'm currently in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I've been an athlete pretty much my whole life. Uh, basketball is my preferred uh, sport of choice. I did play football growing up, but I had an older brother who was really good at football. So I guess to kind of get out of his shadow, I just kind of zeroed in on basketball and about the ninth grade. Um, I was able. I went to a really small school back in Roanoke, or it's actually Roanoke County, called Glenver High School. Predominantly white school. Um, growing up, there was never really anyone that kind of looked like me in the classroom. So I really took the sports uh, as an outlet, just trying to fly below the radar, just playing sports to kind of fit in and whatnot. I played varsity all four years in, in basketball. Um, my goal at first was actually to get a Division One scholarship. Uh, I feel like back home, that's pretty much everyone's goal that plays a sport, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, or softball, what have you. Uh, fortunately, due to some injuries and lack of recruiting, uh, I wasn't able to get a D1 scholarship at the time. I did have some looks, but I ended up playing uh, Division II basketball at Catawba College in Salisbury, North Carolina um, for four years. I was a captain for two years. Um, we had a really good team while I was there. We actually made it to the Division II NCAA uh, tournament, I think, all four years I was there. Uh, after undergrad, I was still unsure as to what I wanted to do. I, I thought I wanted to play basketball overseas. Then I was like, 
I'm going to play somewhere where I probably can't speak the language. I'm not going to be making any real money. So I was like, hey, let me let me go the grad school route. So I went to Radford University to uh, get my MBA. Um, the whole time while I was kind of playing sports, I never really thought like, okay, what are you going to actually do once you stop playing basketball? It was always basketball was kind of my crutch and my identity. So after grad school, um, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina to embark on a career in the financial services industry. And mm-hmm. I guess halfway through my career, I've been in financial services about six years now. I was like, I really wish I was in the sports business uh, sector or industry kind of doing something with player engagement or, or player uh, development. So that's when I decided to write my book, which is Beyond the Game. That's amazing. So in, in college, I know that you studied accounting and then you talked about your journey, like understanding like, OK, I don't want to do the overseas route. You know, basketball's, you know, kind of done. When you um, decided to get your MBA, did you know what focus you wanted to, you know, have it applied to? So, so great question. So that's actually one of the things I wish I would have did a little more research on. Honestly, my uh, intent, I guess, on going to grad school was based primarily on location, geographical location. Uh, I applied to two schools, three schools in total. Uh, one was in Virginia, Old Dominion University. One was in uh, Charlotte, actually, the University of um, UNC Charlotte and then Radford, Virginia. At UNC Charlotte at the time, I believe I had applied for the uh, – I think it was the Mac program, which is the Masters of Accounting, because I wanted to do the CPA route. And okay. then ODU, I looked at the MBA, and then Raffer, I looked at the MBA. But I didn't really look at, uh, I guess, a focus point. Like, I didn't say, I'm going to get my MBA, but specialize in accounting or specialize in um, risk management. I was like, okay, MBA, it sounds good at the end of my name. So let me just go with whatever school it sucks me. No, that's amazing. Um, it, it, it talks about, you know, some people go to the MBA just to find out. Um, their journey. And it seems like you, you were able to do that with your, with your path. Um, you mentioned sports business. Um, what I know, obviously that's, that's a big goal of yours. What led you to wanting to pursue it? Was it, you know, the process of writing the book, um, you know, kind of like a switch in gears, like what was the big motivating factor? I think the light bulb moment or I guess the epiphany that I actually had was when I was um, writing the book, I I reached out to probably close to 50 former student athletes, um, um, both male and female of all sports, basketball, field hockey, volleyball, track and field. I also reached out to a few executives and I was fortunate enough to meet with uh, Fred Whitfield, who I actually um, gave an acknowledgement in my book. He's the CEO of the Charlotte Hornets. And I was able to kind of pick his brain, I'd say about two and a half years ago, and kind of discuss his journey. Um, for those that don't know, Fred Whitfield is the right-hand man of Michael Jordan, who actually helped uh, launch uh, Brand Jordan. And I was just talking to him about his career, and he actually started out in audit. And uh, he had a mentor at the time that was like, hey, uh, I see you're close friends with MJ. It might be a good idea for you to go back to law school, kind of stick close to him and see if he help, needs any help like in the business uh, development section of, of his career. So I think meeting with him and then, again, doing some more research and saying, hey, I'm obviously passionate about sports and I have a business background. Is there a way for me to, to fuse those two? That's what was the, I guess, the light bulb moment, quote unquote. No, oh, That's amazing. I mean, to be able to meet with the COO, the Charlotte Hornets, um, it just goes on record, you know, how big your network is, you know, as a college athlete. You're able to get in front of so many people. Um, you mentioned, you know, you, you interviewed over 50 athletes. Um, for your book. Can you talk about that process of reaching out, using your network, you know, how you were able to leverage your platform, you know, as a collegiate athlete to, you know, get the job done when it comes to your book? 
Definitely. I feel like one of the key takeaways from my book was actually connecting the dots. And I actually pride myself on being able to reach out to people and, and kind of find a, a commonality or, or a point of interest. Um, so in regards to reaching out to those 50 people, well, the first thing I actually did was scan my uh, contacts within my iPhone to say, hey, this person played sports. Uh, I still have a somewhat decent um, relationship with them. Let me just shoot them a text, see if they'll be willing to uh, answer this questionnaire. If I didn't have their number, I would go to my Twitter. Uh, at the time, I didn't have a separate Beyond the Game account. I had just my personal um, Twitter. So I scanned my followers and who I was following. I would reach out to them and say, hey, I'm working on something right now. At the time, I didn't even know I was working on a book. I was literally just like, I just want to see where people's, uh, I guess, mindset is for former athletes. Um, after Twitter, I went to Instagram, which is like a, a very, it's like the, the Google of all Googles of, of connecting people that will probably either meet or never meet. So I went to Instagram, started to um, send direct messages to some close buddies of mine that played overseas, some former friends that actually played in the NFL, and was like, hey, I'm actually working on a project. Not sure what it is yet, but I have a questionnaire for you to uh, fill out if, if you wouldn't mind. It takes like 15 to 20 minutes. Um, after that, I, I received some some good feedbacks from uh, some of my former friends and teammates that were uh, able to help me complete the questionnaire. That's amazing. And that's what ultimately led to Beyond the Game. So tell us about Beyond the Game. Tell us what you learned. What what like what are the biggest lessons you learned from the book? Um, that whole self-reflecting journey of actually putting pen to paper. Uh, I think there was a funny tidbit that I read that you didn't have a laptop when you originally <laughs> did this, uh, wrote this book. So, uh, yeah, just tell us about the journey. Yeah. Um, so. The, the title Beyond the Game is actually, it's a sports memoir that chronicles my life of being a student athlete and finding my identity thereafter. Uh, basically, I don't like to be boxed in. I don't want someone to look at me and say, hey, uh, that's, that's Layden Williams. He played basketball. Or, hey, that's uh, Layden Williams. He's Derek Williams' little brother. So I guess Beyond the Game is just me uh, getting my ideas and outlets out there to, to the public. As far as the actual journey and the process of writing the book, um, as you mentioned, at, at one time, I actually didn't have a laptop. And for whatever reason, that was what was getting in the way of me actually creating uh, the story. So back in around 2013, 14, I was actually journaling every day um, with no actual end goal. I was just kind of writing out my ideas um, 15, 20 minutes here or there a day. And then it kept hurting me when I was reading my entries. It's like, hey, you keep, write, you keep writing about your days as an athlete. Uh, why don't you kind of turn this into an actual book? And then uh, I did some research at the library that was talking about publishing a book versus self-publishing versus uh, working with a major publisher. And then I was like, okay, so I have this this uh, quote-unquote notebook with these scribbled lines, uh, a few type lines here on, on a work <laughs> computer at the time. And I was like, I need to save up and get a laptop. Then I finally got a laptop. Um, and then I devised a plan to kind of write 15 to 20 minutes uh, per day, uh, either in the morning or late at night. And then sometimes I'll come home during my lunch break and write as well. But I feel like the, the, the biggest part of the process was actually just sitting down to, to take time to actually write my story. Uh, I liked how you touched on like the consistency. And I think you can relate sports to, you know, how you applied it to your book, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a day, whether it's during lunch or free time, just like working out. If you don't want to if you want to complete a goal, if you want to get better at something, it takes consistency. But um, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, you're working in financial services. A passion of yours is helping the next generation of athletes. Um, I feel like this is a perfect, perfect blend of, you know, um, technical skills and functional skills that you have um, for athletes. So what advice would you have for athletes um, 
if if you were able to you know work with them on a consistent basis if i was able to work with them on a consistent basis i would always say uh do your research as i mentioned earlier with the uh mba program i feel like there's there's no uh lost lessons in life but to always do your research if i would have done my research i probably would have uh, got some work experience first or or uh, got a job with a company that would have like a reimbursement plan to to be able to pay for that uh, graduate school so that I wouldn't have to necessarily go out of pocket, but to just do your research in all aspects. So similar to how when your coach has a walkthrough or shoot around and, and they're talking about the opponent and they're talking about their, their, for example, the shooting guard on the other team, he's known to the pump fake before he drives right and he always spins back left. That's doing your research. So if you're interested in having a startup or you're interested in working in finance or you're interested in opening up your own rest- restaurant, reach out to people that have kind of already taken that journey. Um, have a coffee or a virtual coffee if they're not available. Kind of pick their brain for 15 to 20 minutes or what have you and just kind of learn the ins and outs of what it is that you think you want to do. So my advice to student athletes or students in general would just always be to do your research. No, I mean, you couldn't put it in better terms. You know, I think that's what bites student athletes and athletes in the butt in most occasions, you know, just simply not doing their research or being afraid to ask questions. And like you said, um, like a scouting report or even hiring a financial advisor, you know, do your research and you can avoid so many problems um, instead of being reactive, you know, you're proactive. So uh, that's a great, that's a great sense of a a piece of advice. Uh, So with the beyond the game, the book, um, Obviously, uh, for the audience, it's going to be in the show notes. Make sure you grab it. Um, amazing book. I haven't even read it yet, but I know it's amazing. I'm going to order it as well. So we're going to make sure that's in the show notes. Uh, what 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 big lessons are you trying to promote with your book? Obviously, it was a self-reflecting process um, for you. But what what do you want the reader to take away from it? Great. So what I want the reader to take away from it is that you are in control of your destination. I want the reader to know that they can own their own narrative. Again, like I said, I'm not a a fan of actually being boxed in. So just because I wrote a book on my life uh, as a student athlete uh, who also played basketball, I don't want to be defined as, okay, hey, Layton played basketball. And then he wrote a book about uh, transitioning from sports. Like my, my next project or my next book, it might be about like cooking or dancing or starting my own company. It's basically saying that you can go beyond whatever it is that you feel like is defining you and kind of find your own purpose and or identity. As far as the big takeaways from the book, again, I feel like utilizing your resources, connecting the dots, um, doing your research and asking questions because nine times out of 10, um, someone's going to have the same question as you. It's just whoever has that that confidence or or, or that mindset to go ahead and raise their hand to ask questions is going to get those resources. You know, that's amazing. And, you know, one of your biggest uh, mantras is using sports as a vehicle. So how, like, obviously you used it to write a book, to connect with people um, simply by doing your research and asking questions. But there's so many athletes doing different things. So what advice or what what ways do you think at, um, athletes can use sports as a vehicle? Uh, great. So I actually have a personal example of how I was able to kind of use sport as a vehicle. So back in 2013, I was working in financial services for a shipping company at the time, and I was underemployed and undervalued. So I wanted to transition into a role that I could actually utilize my, my skill set. So I had I had just started a role with uh, MetLife, and I wanted to be in the auditing department because I wanted to travel and I wanted to learn the, the different areas of the lines of business. 
So I saw that there was the actual uh, a company kickball team, um, what have you, and I was like, I don't want to be defined as uh, the athlete or the jock in the building, but hey, if there's someone from audit that's on this actual kickball team, it might make sense for me to sign up and kind of connect with them. So I actually signed up for the kickball um, tournament, and it was well, it wasn't a tournament; it was a league. So it was one or two days a week for roughly three months. And over that course of time, I kind of got uh, I got to know the director and the VP within the internal audit department. And as luck would have it, a position actually opened up. And because of the connection I made on that kickball field, um, just because it was an extracurricular activity, I was able to actually share my interest and discuss my skill set, which was needed for the internal audit department. So again, I feel like sports is a is a huge connector. Um, it gives you that confidence, that leadership. It shows that you understand how to prioritize and, and when it comes to time management, you're willing to get the job done. So I feel like sports, if anything, it teaches you a lot of lessons that are transferable to either the corporate world, the entrepreneurial world, or just the real world in general. No, oh, that's amazing. You talked about transferable skills. Um, and I think a hard thing with athletes is that they don't know where their sports skills translates and you touched on it a little bit, but can you like dive in further? So the audience, the reader, the readers know, the listeners know like, all right, this is what I used. This is how I used it. And this is where it translates to what I'm doing now in financial services or, you know, sports um, development, engagement, uh, a career path that you're looking to get into. Um, Can you just talk about, talk about that? Gotcha. So I think that as far as transferable skills, whether you play, especially if you if you played a team sport of, of any nature, I feel like the transferable skills of actually knowing your personnel and being able to communicate with people is something that's definitely readily uh, available once you get into the workforce or starting your own company. Um, for example, when, when I played uh, in high school, I was actually known, like I led my team in scoring. But when I got to college, we had guys that were scoring like 20, 30 points a night. So I was like, okay, let me take a step back. Let me assess my skills and see what it is that I can bring to the table, how I can add value. So I realized that defense was my actual niche. So my my identity on the court uh, and my, what allowed me to, to play and start for three years was to switch from offense to defense. So again, having that, that mindset, that adaptability to say, hey, just because one thing doesn't work, maybe I can pivot it and go to another lane. Uh, again, with knowing your personnel um, and working with a team or like a group assignment or group projects, there might there might be someone on your group project that's really good at research, but their presentation skills aren't that well. Or there might be someone that's good at at, at, at um, organizing or, or planning the the meetup for the group, but there might be someone that's not as good with like actually turning in the assignment. So I feel like sports helps you know your your strengths and weaknesses of your teammates, which will obviously transfer to the real world. No, uh, you put it in great terms. And um, I want to touch on the financial services a little bit because that's the space that you work in and obviously a Google athlete. Um, you know, what are some money management practices, obviously, in, in your line of work that you think um, athletes should apply to their own financial playbooks? Okay, cool. I think that planning, I think one of my mentors growing up told me this this mantra, which was uh, – Failure to plan is planning for failure. So I feel like planning is one of the key uh, mindsets that student-athletes should have in regards to the financial world or, or, or budgeting. Create a budget for yourself. Um, realize needs versus wants. You're not going to always have what you want, but make sure that you have what it is that you need. Um, I feel like if you can, I feel like YouTube and Google obviously are are full of free um, information and advice. So if there's a, a term that you don't understand, 
definitely use, utilize those resources. I remember entering the workforce and they were talking about 401k investing and matching. And I literally was like, I had no idea. <laughs> to me, at first out of college, obviously I want all the money that's supposed to come to me bi-weekly. I don't want to give to an account that I'm not going to see for 30 or 40 years. I don't even understand. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need to talk to someone about this. And that's actually one of the topics in my book as well. But uh, yeah, just making sure you kind of understand what it is that you need. And um, always... Always reward yourself when you when you uh, receive some type of income or payment, but always store away something for uh, a rainy day. But also to that extent as well, don't just have a, a savings and pay yourself. Also look for ways to, to invest and flip your money so that you can earn some sort of uh, passive income. No, that's very important. And um, in terms of like the money management, because I mean, the process of writing a book, marketing it, publishing it, you know, that's a whole process. People just, you, you don't just write the book on your computer and then it's, it's live. So can you talk about, you know, some of the business practices that you had to apply to your own story, uh, specifically with the launch of your, your book, Beyond the Game? Yeah, so one of my good uh, friends that I've actually gotten to know over the course of the past year and a half, his name is uh, Dave Butler on Instagram. His name is Dave Has Wings. He's a creative uh, here in Charlotte. One of the things that he actually touched on uh, at a recent discussion was he always says to buy into the BS, which is if you're going to watch mindless TV for an hour, make sure that you're working on your craft or your project for that equal amount of time or even more. So I was going out uh, probably like four or five times a month, just wasting money on like nightclubs, bars and clothes that I didn't really need or want. So I was like, Hey, the same money that you're the same money and time and energy that you're putting into this, which you're not getting a return. You should just kind of cut back on going out a few nights and then you could find a publisher or you could buy the MacBook that you want, or you could attend this conference that has this executive here that's going to talk about player development, player engagement. So I guess taking a step back and realizing what it what what it is that I wanted to, um, I guess, pursue, allow me to say, allow me to identify my needs versus my wants. And then I kind of strategize the plan to say, Hey, um, my brother's a graphic designer, so I can come back on calls here by utilizing his skill set. Uh, or I know this um, this local publisher, I can use her instead of a big name publisher. So just again, doing my research and then connecting the dots with the resources that I currently had was, was how I was able to kind of strategize in regards to launching the book. No, that's amazing. Um, you know, everyone, you know, as athletes, we see the, the, the big guys and they're starting their own media companies, investing in big startups. But simply just you using your connections and, you know, doing research, you're able to do it um, almost as a one man show. So, exactly. um, but what I really like is you, you mentioned a number of mentors and how important, you know, mentorship is for you. And it's almost leading you into what you want to do now, you know, helping the next phase of athletes. Can you talk about some mentors? Um, you've already mentioned a few that helped you in the process and how important it is for, you know, athletes as they continue to, you know, grow in their craft. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I definitely think finding a mentor is, is something that, that a student athlete needs or a young professional needs or someone that's very aspirational needs. Um, I'd probably say my biggest mentor is actually probably my father. He's the voice of reason. And I feel like he's there to kind of calm me down when I have a million ideas. And I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going to get started or how I'm going to get this off. But I really want to do this, that and the third. He's like, calm down write it, write it down and then go from there. Um, another mentor was a, was a former senior, uh, audit manager of mine that, that works at the, uh, that works at the bank. Her name is, uh, I'll just call her Wanda. She is, uh, she's also very knowledgeable. She has 20 years of, uh, 
financial services experience, but she also has a foot in the sports and business world as well. So she's able to kind of connect the dots and introduce me to some people that um, that are are within the same space. Um, also, I'd probably say my college coach, Coach Baker, um, he always instilled with me, don't do anything to embarrass yourself, the team, or the family. And I feel like that's just something you can kind of live on from a day-to-day perspective. But in regards to having a mentor, I feel like you definitely need someone that can kind of champion your ideas or provide constructive criticism if need be. No, that's really important. That's really important. And, um, you know, let's let's talk sports business because, you know, this is something that you want to do. Um, who are some examples of athletes that you or, you know, businesses that you kind of dream case scenario places you, you, you know, you highlight or you'd want to work for, or, you know, people just doing good things in the sports business player development space. Okay. Definitely names that come to mind are probably obviously Maverick Carter, even though don't kill me. I'm not a LeBron fan by any means. I'm a huge Laker fan. I'm a fan of what LeBron's doing off the court, but I'm a huge Kobe fan to me. Kobe's the goat. So I feel like I have to. Okay. All right. Hold up. We're going to have to do a little, uh, (laughs) A little, a little turn, you know. So Kobe, GOAT in the sense of, like, better than LeBron or, like, GOAT, like, Michael Jordan and all that stuff, too? To me, to me Kobe is the greatest basketball player of all time. I feel like people don't put a, a high significance or they don't realize how good the Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman were. Like, Scottie Pippen's probably arguably the top – he's probably, like, the top two or three uh, small forward of all time. Dennis Rodman's, like, the top rebounding. Uh, power forward and arguably like one of the best defensive players of all time so I feel like to that so what about what about Shaq in relation to Kobe uh, I feel like Shaq was obviously one of the most dominant centers but people don't realize that Shaq I mean Kobe did go get two rings without Shaq as well so I feel like that's that's kind of slept on even though he did have power like, yeah he had power on Lamar though yeah I mean less or more Lamar is almost equivalent to like a like a poor man's Tony Kukoc <laughs> <laughs> I might have to start a sports podcast with you just so we can argue about something like this. Sorry for that. <laughs> no, so sorry for cutting you off. I just had to understand because I'm a Lakers fan as well, but uh, the discussion for me is Jordan or LeBron, but uh, respect, respect. Gotcha. So Maverick Carter. Uh, and- yeah, getting back to that, I guess. Maverick Carter, obviously, with what he's doing um, with Uninterrupted, uh, I think the players, Tribune, just all the uh, the Nike getting the endorsements with the Space Jam, what have you. Also, a, a person that I've recently uh, actually got to come in contact with is uh, Andrew Hawkins, who's actually uh, over business development strategy for Uninterrupted. He played in the NFL for, I want to say, three or four years for the, uh, I think the Cleveland Browns, and then he was on the, the Cowboys, the practice squad, for a few years. But he actually uh, pivoted his career, went to Columbia University, got his master's in sports management, and uh, he ha- he has his hands in uh, quite a few projects right now. So he also has a podcast. I think it's called the Tomahawk Show. He travels throughout the country to to sit on panels and discuss the the, the fusion of sports and business. I actually got to meet him in person um, last week at uh, the week before last week at the sports symposium down in Daytona, Florida, where the topic was diversity and inclusion. And his uh, big his takeaway was talking about how content is king and um, being authentic. So I feel like Andrew Hawkins, um, Maverick Carter, and also Dior Gignard, who's uh, over player engagement for the NFLPA, who's in D.C. I haven't had a chance to actually um, meet him, but I feel like I know him just because I follow him on social media and we interact uh, 
a few times. He's doing a lot in regards to making sure that athletes, specifically NFL players, are utilizing their platform and have a space and have uh, something that they're working on once their career is in. Yeah, I mean, those are you hit the uh, the hat trick of people that if if you're not following following them on social media or uh, their their respective platforms, then you're missing out. Uh, from Maverick to uh, to Hawk uh, to DR, all people that I either know or you know follow. I don't know Maverick, so if you have the connection, please make it happen. But uh, <laughs> Hawk and DR, are, you know, two gentlemen that are doing great things, and they seem like they're always you know busy, you know, helping you know business development or just helping spread the good word when it comes to engagement and different ways to, you know, change the narrative. Because yeah. as, as you know, the narrative is, uh, is finally shifting to, you know, more than an athlete. And, uh, that's, that's, that's it. Oh yeah. I also want to, uh, not to cut you off. I, I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, um, include Deborah Merman. So she's over the NFL PA and she's over career development. And I had the opportunity to speak with her a few months back, and we've kept in contact about her uh, position with the uh, NBA PA. So basically, she works with current players and former players to devise a plan for them to have something to look forward to once their careers end. And they have uh, several broadcasting programs. Um, they'll have a they'll have an initiative where they can kind of come in and have a workshop with former players and student players. So she's definitely making a headway as well uh, with the NBA PA. That's Deborah Murray. That's perfect, man. So before I let you go, you know, we talked about beyond the game, but, you know, you briefly touched on the speaker series. So can you like dive into what that is? Yeah. So great. So I was actually uh, doing some late night, I guess, research, if you want to call it on Instagram. And I was like, man, there's a lot of panel discussions either in uh, Miami or L.A. or New York or Atlanta, Chicago. And I'm like, there's 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 a few here in Charlotte, but there's nothing here that talks on sports, media, entertainment. Um, entrepreneurship or, or startups um, with ha- that has like that quote unquote like dope twist with like a, a mixture of like hip hop. So I was like, if it's not out there, why don't you create it? And so my friends and one of my group chat, they're like very focused on lifting weight. So if someone's like, hey, what are y'all doing later? They're always like gym flow, just G-Y-M flow, which is meaning they're going to lift weights, some cardio, whatnot. So I was like, hey, maybe I should re rebrand it and call it gym flow which is gem flow so in short that's basically uh it's a it's a monthly speaker series where there's a panel discussion which includes um local creatives that are in the startup space um social media space sports fashion hip-hop what have you and it's just a live candid discussion um amongst four individuals that kind of talks about their journey and the road less traveled so typically I, I like to reach out to former um student athletes or people of color uh, just to kind of hear their their intake on what it is that they're building. No, that's amazing. That's uh, that shows you, you know you're like a true go getter. Like whether it's the book, whether it's the speaker series, you know, whether it's finding someone to research and network with. Um, really amazed by your story, um, your journey. Um, but before we let you go, I know I said that before. You know, tell us, tell the folks where they can find you. You know, the book we're gonna have in the show notes. But you know, give the close this out for us. Great, great. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Beyond the Game. That Beyond is not with an O, it's actually with a zero. So that's Twitter and Instagram at Beyond the Game. Uh, my book is available on Amazon. Just search Beyond the Game by Layden Williams. That's L A Y D N Williams. Or on Itasca Books, which is I T A S C A Books. I'm working on getting the uh, books into some Barnes and Nobles across the country. So everyone be on the lookout for that. 
Uh, thank you so much, Layden. We really appreciate having you, and uh, you know, hopefully, see you down the road. You can, you can, hopefully, you can help me out in the um, player engagement role sometime. No problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. No doubt. Speak right. soon. Hey, yo. Money talk, save your breath, save your peace of mind Deposit plus signs, they're not unwind Words to the wise, don't gotta be suits and ties We're living in the time where every move is scrutinized At the elbow, I hit them with the bank shot I just wanna check my bank account and thank God Hey yo, I think we got the same thought We gon' get it all together for the raindrop Help me help you, sometimes you don't gotta go far to discover the truth Easy to get confused when all the faces are blue Pull up a chair, if it help, I tell you what I would do Keep that thought process prudent And yo, staying in the moment while we living for the future Yeah, this is track meet for a frugal athlete Nothing more, nothing less, I need exactly 